is up it's philly and welcome back to no bleeps you guys i'm actually really excited to record this episode for you guys because i'm going to be reviewing david Dobrik's perview and i don't know why but i just get really excited when we review things on the podcast because we're like experiencing something together even though you guys can't smell it at least you'll know a little bit more because i swear I just, I literally can't buy products and not know how they are from like other people. And especially with scents, they could be like, it smells like vanilla. And I'm like, okay, but like, there's a bunch of different ways vanilla can smell. And even though I'm just going to be describing it to you guys in a different way, at least I can tell you if it's good or bad. And maybe you'll trust my opinion. But honestly, maybe you guys will even think that it smells good if you smelled it. And I would think that it smelled bad. I don't know. Just trust me. <laughs> Anyways, I just really like reviewing things for you guys because it's just very exciting and I feel like you're just seeing me be me or not seeing but you know you're hearing me be me and we're both experiencing something together maybe not like in person but it feels like you guys are here with me honestly so that was like a little rant I didn't expect to go on but we're freaking reviewing David Dobrik's perfume and when he said he was coming out with this I was like what the fuck is he doing with a perfume like is it a cologne? And I was like, no, it's a perfume. And at first when he was posting the pictures on his Instagram, I thought he was going to just be like a model for a perfume brand. Like, oh, David Dobrik's modeling for Calvin Klein perfume, I guess, or something like that. Because the girl that was in the campaign photos, I saw that she had done work for Marc Jacobs Daisy. So I was like, oh, okay, she's a model. Maybe David is just this, you know, he's going to be a model. <laughs> They just hired like a famous person to promote a perfume, but no, he came out with his own and it's very unexpected, but I'm interested. I got both of them and um, I definitely am very excited to be smelling them. So here we go, guys. I got this in the mail. Let's see. I ordered it when it came out, like the next day because I had watched the perfume commercial so many times because I really liked the song in it and I have never seen David touch a woman and be so sexual in a video before and I was just like oh my god what the fuck is going on like I think I need this perfume or something now and you know I know a lot of people have a lot of different opinions about David and I'm like not a stan by any means I just I mean I like his videos they're entertaining and I've made videos talking about the controversies that he has been in and I think a lot more people have realized that there's a lot of stuff in his past that has not been really addressed by him in a public way I mean he has addressed some things on his podcast but that's not you know his biggest platform so I think people are still very obsessed with David but then people are becoming a little skeptical I'm not sure I mean there was a whole controversy this week because I guess in his podcast he said he doesn't like nature and people were getting very upset about that I thought he was just trying to be like a dick I guess and just be like I don't like nature you guys like I don't want to go outside because I mean I like nature, but I like being at home. I like being in my bed. I like to stay home and be cozy and comfy on the couch. Like, I don't want to go on a hike, but I know that other people like hikes. And I know that when I do go on hikes, I'm like uh, mesmerized by the view. But David was going off about how he doesn't like nature. So people were very upset about him in the comments of that. And they were saying that he's just become this grumpy, rich person that is so mean. And I was like, oh, suddenly it doesn't seem like David has a good reputation, but 
here we are reviewing his perfume because when people come out with something, I want to know if it's good or not. And I want to let you guys know. And this is a fun segment. Anyways, there are two different perfumes. There is the amber and cashmere. And then there is a grapefruit and sandalwood. Like I said, you guys, I think that each one of these things could smell 20 million different ways. So I'm excited. It came in the tiniest little box ever, like the smallest box. And I can't even get them out because the box is so small. There's like no room for these things to move around, which is probably good because that means it won't break. One is pink. The grapefruit and sandalwood box is pink. And the other one, the David perfume number one, amber and cashmere is black. They're two fluid ounces. And I mean, it looks kind of expensive like if there was no david's name on this perfume i would think it was like Marc jacobs or something oh my gosh i'm literally dropping everything i guess he collabed with the flower shop perfume co because it says that on literally the shipping box and on the receipt like that's the company that he made this with okay i know nothing about that company but i'm gonna open this up i guess we're gonna smell the first one first because the amber and cashmere is number one, and the grapefruit and sandalwood is number two. I wonder what made him think of doing a perfume. Like, they've obviously brought the deal to him, and he's probably like, oh, lots of money. And he has a girl audience, so obviously he's going to be making a perfume, because that makes the most sense for his audience if he came out with a cologne. Like, I don't know if the dudes would want to buy David Dobrik a cologne, but anyways, I wonder who helped him pick out the smells. Like, I guess like he was probably like, this smells good, but I wonder if like Natalie had a big say in this as well, probably. Okay, so the bottle is very simple. I mean, you guys could literally look up what the fucking bottle looks like because it's everywhere and like, it's not like a surprise to see what the bottle looks like, but it looks good. Like it looks pretty chic. Honestly, right now I'm embarrassed to say that my perfume of choice is a perfume that I do not want to buy because it is so fucking expensive. It is Le Labo Centaur and I just, I'm embarrassed. I keep buying the little samples because they're like $6, but I'm talking like Sephora size samples. And it just smells so good and it lasts forever, like forever. But a big bottle of it is like $200. Not even a big bottle, like the small bottle. The same size as this freaking David perfume is like $200. I cannot justify, but it smells so good. So it's like my special occasion perfume. And yeah, I just keep buying the freaking sample size. So, oh my gosh, this cap is magnetic. That's really kind of cool. The cap of these perfumes are magnetic because I'm always losing that shit. Okay, so each one of these perfumes, it literally doesn't even say on the receipt how much they are. So I don't even remember. It really doesn't say. Oh my God, I have to freaking look it up, you guys. But I'm honestly kind of impressed with this packaging. It does look expensive. But since we're on the topic of perfumes, the other perfumes that I really like are the Brazilian Bum Bum Cream. You can get it at Sephora. It's like a lotion, but they made a perfume spray, like a body spray. They have a perfume now, but I think it's expensive and expensive per perfume when you can just get the body spray for a lot less and it smells so, so delicious and yummy, like vanilla amazingness and 
it's so strong and powerful so i just don't even think you would even need to buy the expensive perfume version of it and i also used to wear daisy by marc jacobs a lot and i love that it was like a signature smell but i don't know if you guys can relate to this but anytime i'm like wearing a perfume for a certain amount of time and then i stop wearing it and then years later i smell it again because anytime i'm in sephora i just go back to daisy and i smell it it reminds me of a certain place in time like i i just remember the relationship that i was in when i was wearing that and then it just reminds me of the relationship that i was in and i'm just like okay i guess i'm not gonna buy it anymore but that's just like what happens to me when i just smell things and i used to wear victoria's secret perfume a lot there was like this body mist but it was a red it was red. I don't remember the name. I was trying to think of the name the other day too. And I just, it wasn't coming to me, but it was red. There was something love. It wasn't like the cherry blossom one. It wasn't that one. Cause that was the bottle that was coming up. I swear it was like a Christmassy scent because I remember I got it as a gift from a friend, but it was a hundred percent like a red love, like a thousand loves or something like that. And I wore that for like, one of my relationships and I think like if I smell that smell again it would just like knock the wind out of me or something I would just be like transported back in time and I don't think that would be like a good thing oh I really like the Glossier smell the Glossier U I know it's scary because they say it smells different on everyone but everyone that I have told to buy it has really loved it why can't I find the price online I literally googled David Dobrik perfume and it's so hard to find. Okay, it's $60. It's $60. I could have gone on the website, but it just like wasn't coming up on Google. But it's $60 each for these perfumes. And I mean, it seems like a pretty average price for a perfume. Let's give it a whiff, shall we? I don't know how you're even supposed to test perfumes because I'm no expert. Is it like a wine? Am I supposed to like shake it up a little bit <laughs> okay we're going for the amber and cashmere one i'm gonna spray it on my skin and then spray it in the air oh what the heck this smells really like manly like i'm not trying to be you know it just smells like something that they would make for stereotypically um for men but you know anyone can wear anything you guys but it just smells like a stereotypical like you know those candles that they sell at, I think they have them at Yankee Candles and they have them at Bath and Body Works possibly, but it's like literally the man candle and it smells like Axe. That's kind of what this smells like. I would definitely give this to my boyfriend. Oh my gosh. It smells very alcoholy. Let me spray it in there. Very alcoholy. I mean, I wouldn't personally wear this one. I definitely do think I'm going to give it to my boyfriend because I would like this smell better on him than I would on me. I definitely lean towards sweeter scents and this one is definitely not sweet by any means. Definitely more like leathery, woody type of a smell. It's definitely very strong. It does smell a little bit like Axe. In my opinion, like, I feel like all the axes smell the same. Like a Hollister or something. Yeah. Okay, so that's that one. A gift for my boyfriend. <laughs> I feel like this one is going to smell a little bit sweeter because it is in a pink box. And for just some reason, I just feel like they would just market it this way because it smells sweeter. You guys, I can still smell it lingering in the air. But, oh, this one is pink. Like, the bottle is clear, but the liquid is pink. So the next one that we are going to be trying, I need to like fan away this scent 
He's fanning away, you guys. It's just staying. It's lingering in the air. And it doesn't smell bad. I like it. I enjoy it. I just, I wouldn't wear it. I think I would enjoy it on someone else. But I want a fresh air. I want fresh, clean air to be here when I smell this other one. I have high hopes for this one. I keep smelling the other one. It just came out very alcoholic at first, but okay. This one as well has the magnetic lid. It looks very sleek. And we're going in for the spray. You guys are kind of nervous. Uh, okay, I'm, I'm gonna spray it on. I'm not spraying it on the same arm, you guys. I'm not dumb. Wait, wait a minute. Oh my God. Oh my God. This one smells good. Oh my gosh. You know what? Okay, it's not like Le Labo. It smells like a little bit. Like a little bit. A little bit. Not not one hundo. Because that is a smell that can be unmatched. And I don't want anyone to quote me by saying that I think that David Dobrik's perfume smells like Le Labo at all. But, you know, it smells good. Oh my gosh. I think I really freaking like this. I think I'm going to wear this. <gasps> I'm so happy. Oh my goodness, you guys. My room is gonna smell so good after this. Wow. You guys, I think I really like this one. I think I'm gonna wear this one a lot, honestly. So this is a grapefruit and sandalwood. And oh my gosh, I was a little nervous because you just never know how things are gonna smell. And I did not know what to expect from this combination. It could have gone really south really quickly. Oh my God, a perfume for me and my boyfriend. Look at me. This one does smell very good. I don't really smell the grapefruit as much when I put it on my skin. When I just sprayed it in the air, I could smell the grapefruit. But when it's on me, it just smells like sandalwood. Just, oh my gosh, let me close my eyes and smell it. I don't want to say coconutty because it's not powerful at all, but it's a little nutty. Not coconutty, but a little nutty. And I'm super into this. Let me spray it on paper because you know when you go to the mall... And they try to hand you stuff and they spray it on paper and it's really strong. I think it smells different on paper. It does smell strong. Oh, you can't get an accurate read when you put this stuff on paper. You gotta put it on your skin. Wow, okay, I'm super into this and I'm probably going to be wearing David's perfume. Wow, imagine someone's like, oh my God, I love your perfume. What is that? David's perfume. <laughs> what the <laughs> i don't know i feel like whenever you buy influencer things and i don't know if this is like i don't know when, whenever you buy influencer things i just feel like there's some people that would shame you for that if you guys get that feeling i feel like there's still such a stigma around influencers and people just don't look at them as like celebrities at all and they'll like judge you you're like oh you're one of those and I'm just like, I'm sorry, I like the internet. And I just like, I'm a sucker and I buy things. And this smells really good. <laughs> oh my God. Watch me be like, I know it's Le Labo. Oh my gosh. Okay. I keep spraying it. You guys everywhere. Oh my God. I keep smelling myself and I need her opinion immediately on these perfumes. And I'm going to freaking let you guys know what the tea is. I honestly... Did not expect like the entire podcast episode to be about me freaking talking about these two perfumes, but like I thought I would maybe be talking about something else too, but this was so freaking fun to review and I feel like I just went on a little adventure with you guys. I want to smell this first one again because 
I want to smell what my what my man is gonna smell like. I hope he likes it. What if he doesn't like it? He's going to. Oh my gosh. Yeah, this is for him. Okay. A David for him, a David for her. Look at me marketing for David. Anyways, you guys. So I'm going to let you guys know what my friend says about the perfume. And we're going to get into the questions of the day now. I asked you guys to ask me questions. Today, we have a question. And I thought this was a funny and silly one to answer. But someone asked me what my Hogwarts house is. And I really like Harry Potter. I didn't read the book, so I'm really sorry. But you guys, I reading is not, it's not for me. Like, I wish that I had the skills to be able to just go outside, sit out there with a book and read or like read a book before I go to bed because it just seems so fun and nice and relaxing, but I cannot concentrate. There's been a handful of books that I've been into, but it's like freaking The Fall in Our Stars and not shade at The Fall in Our Stars, but that's like not this sophisticated, thick book of, I feel like that's so mean to say it's not sophisticated, but you know what I mean? Like, it's a teen love story. Of course, I'm going to be into it, but it's not like this big book that is so deep and I'm going to learn so much from it. But yeah, I don't know. I really wish that I liked reading a lot, but I do not. And I think it's, I just have no ability to concentrate when I'm reading. And I think I'm a slow reader because whenever I had to take the SATs, you guys, I never finished. I could never finish the reading section on time. The time would be up. And this is why my scores were not, were not it. It was not it. Standardized testing scares the living shit out of me. And I'm just so happy that I never have to do that again because I just, I still feel traumatized by the whole experience. But anyways, what Hogwarts house am I in? I'm a Ravenclaw. Dun, dun, dun. How many of you thought I was a Slytherin? I'm just kidding. But I'm sure a lot of people that don't listen to the podcast or like don't really follow me on Twitter or anything think I'm this evil slimy bitch who just like hates on people when in reality, I honestly do like a lot of the people that I make videos on. And it really sucks when I have to make videos on people that I like, but sometimes things happen and people are calling them out and I have to be like, ah, yeah, like, you gotta be held accountable. I don't know. I really hope you address this. But yeah, I mean, I'm a Ravenclaw. A lot of my friends are Ravenclaws. And I'm honestly happy being a Ravenclaw. I think about the description of it just really sums me up, honestly, and sums up my friends. I also have a lot of Hufflepuff in my life. So that tells you guys a little bit about who my friends are and who I am. If you're into Harry Potter, if you're not, then you're probably like, what the fuck are you talking about? Uh, but my favorite movie also, just uh, just to put it out there, my favorite movie is the fourth one. And tis the season to start looking at advent calendars before they like all sell out. And if you guys have no idea what this is, I feel like the trend of advent calendars, and I promise this has to do with Harry Potter and like I didn't just randomly freaking bring this up because I'm a crazy person who just like goes off on these tangents. But... I feel like advent calendars got super popular because of like YouTube videos. Like I had no idea what they are like in the US, in the US. They got popular in the US. Let me make that clear because of YouTube videos, because I was seeing all these other YouTubers that did not live in the US do advent calendars. And I was like, what the fuck is an advent calendar? My mom never did that with me during Christmas time. What the heck is that? That's so fun. A present every single day, a little chocolate every single day. And 
I literally saw it today on the Target website. I first saw it on Urban Outfitters. So let me uh, put a warning for anybody that's about to buy it on Urban Outfitters. Don't because it's like $30 extra on Urban Outfitters for the same thing. But they're doing a Harry Potter Funko Pop like action figure. But they're like the mini ones. They're so cute. Oh my god. They are doing an advent calendar of those. And they're... I think it's like 24. You get like 24 Funko Pops of the Harry Potter characters. They also have the Nightmare Before Christmas. And they also are doing, uh, gosh, I don't remember. They're doing another another movie as well. But I found it on Target. I literally was like, oh my gosh, do I have to buy it on Urban Outfitters? Like, I really don't trust them. They like fucked up my order a couple months ago. And it took me like three months to get a refund. So I did not want to buy anything from Urban. Plus, we're not supposed to be supporting Urban apparently. So... I was like, I do not want to buy this. Let me find a different place. And on Target, it was literally 30 something dollars, whereas on Urban, it was 60. So yeah, I can't wait to, to get my freaking Harry Potter Funko Pop Advent Calendar. I'm sure I'm going to be talking about my Funko Pops all December long and letting you guys know which characters I've gotten. I don't know if you guys will even care. You probably won't because it's weird as fuck for an adult to just be like, oh my god, look at my Funko Pops. Like, you know what, guys? I just, I don't know. Things like that bring me joy. It's the little things in life, you know, the little things in life. But let me quit it with the weirdness and let's get into the next question that somebody had asked me. So someone asked me, what was your favorite drama to talk about and what was the most entertaining drama that you've talked about either on your channel or your podcast? So this is definitely a very loaded question and I definitely think that I don't think I have a specific topic that was my least favorite drama to cover, but I definitely have a like feelings towards having to cover topics of someone getting accused of being racist or sexual assault or messaging minors or anything like that. Those types of accusations. I mean, the pedophile claims with Shane Dawson, all those accusations that were being made, those are things that are really hard to talk about. I definitely do think that all those topics deserve all the light in the world, but having to cover them on a YouTube channel is extremely difficult because you just feel like you can't do the story as much justice as maybe you want to do it because you have to be so careful with not only thinking about, I can't say the wrong thing because I don't want to get sued, but also because there's so much censoring that has to be done on your YouTube channel when you're talking about subjects like this. You can't just come out there and say that because in the system, if your video gets demonetized, let's say it's like, you know, I don't care about being monetized. I want to put the story out there. But then if your video is demonetized or not monetized at all, YouTube won't promote it. It's it's kind of like the cycle of YouTube is a place where you can post videos, but they also make money as well. So if your video is not making them money, then they're not going to want to promote your video. So if your video is talking about a super serious subject like that, and you're just trying to get a story out there, they're really not going to promote it like how they would promote a regular story of like, Tana posted a photo with Jake and people are talking about it. It's just not going to do the same. So when I get a serious topic like that, it is just so hard to be able to do it justice. And 
honestly, I opened up about it um, this past weekend when I was talking about how in the Sunday special, people have been asking me to cover the Swoop and Mikey situation, how Swoop had come out and made a video about her friendship with Mikey and all of the things that she had to endure and the microaggressions and so much there was so much in that video and i would i wanted to cover it because i felt that i wanted to bring light to her video and i wanted people to understand the situation and hear what she had to say but i did not want to speak on her behalf and censoring so much just wouldn't have been right and also there were so many people that did cover it that got a lot of backlash for feeling like they were speaking on her behalf and that other people should just go and watch her video. So that's why I didn't even want to do a podcast episode on it because I didn't want people to think I was speaking for her or trying to tell her story and miss details or anything like that. It was an hour long video and I wouldn't want to cut it down to 30 minutes or even 15 minutes and not do it right. So those types of things are very serious and they take a lot of time to process and notes and all of this stuff. I mean, I took a ton of notes on Swoop's video and I recorded a 30 minute video or podcast on it and I could have used the audio for either one, but it just did not feel right. And so I'm talking about it here, just like how we talked about it on Sunday. And I just want people to be directed to just go watch her video directly because that is her story and I wouldn't want to diminish it in any way. Also, a lot of times, obviously now I have this podcast, so if there is like something super serious going on, I can talk about it on this podcast because obviously it's no bleeps. We're not censoring anything here. We can say whatever the fuck we want. But on my channel, and I've seen this with a lot of people that I'm friends with that are drama channels or just do commentary in general, that if they are trying to cover a topic that is serious and they are censoring words, a lot of the times people don't even understand how censored you have to be in your videos and that there is some stuff that you wouldn't even think that you really honestly can't say and the rules are bent for different channels like different channels just it's kind of crazy and honestly unfortunate and not fair but different channels depending on who you are you can have the rules bent a little bit for you and i don't and that has nothing to do with like a connection to youtube it's just like a by chance and some people can say stuff like, I know Emma Chamberlain curses in her video, but if I curse in one of my spill sash videos, it would be game over. It's demonetized. But she says the F word all the time. But there was this entire lawsuit last year that came out where members of the LGBTQ plus community on YouTube were suing YouTube because they felt like their videos were being shadow bans or demonetized simply because they were trying to tell their story or just make videos with their partners and they felt that their videos were starting to be considered as controversial and because of that they were getting demonetized. So navigating having to be censored and cover really hard topics and still do them justice really are super challenging and those videos are at the end of the day the most like worthwhile because i feel the stories are super important but they are very challenging to do those are i guess my least favorite to cover because i just fear that i won't be doing it right and those are just like hard decisions that you have to make sometimes to decide whether or not you want to cover something. 
Um, I do try to keep things lighthearted because that's, you know, more fun, I guess. Uh, people don't want to come and watch super depressing and dark things or things that are so censored that you don't even understand what's going on. So I really try to make sure that when I do cover those topics, especially now I'm able to cover it in two places. Like when I was covering the Insider article with Jeffrey, I was able to make a podcast episode and direct people there and be like, to get the full story uncensored, you can listen on the podcast because I didn't want to just diminish what was being said about what occurred with Jeffrey. Someone said, what is the most entertaining drama that you talked about on either your channel or your podcast? Um, I definitely think on the podcast things that I'm really excited about, obviously reviews, I won't shut up about it. And I think on my channel, topics that are things that I like covering are just silly things that are going on that I'm like, what the fuck? How is this happening right now? Like things with the hype house or when Tana was getting married to Jake, I was like, you guys, this is fucking fake. Are you guys all seeing this shit that's going on? And trying to debunk things. I'm like, they don't even have a marriage license. Silly things like that are fun to cover because it's just like silly and fun and lighthearted. And you're just like, what's going on? I'm so confused. And following along on things like that are exciting. And just reporting on those, you can be more silly and more fun and do funny little graphics in the video whereas when you're covering something serious you can't really do those things it has to be 100 percent serious for obvious reasons and uh the creativity kind of takes a back seat in those times because you want the story to be the main focus and so yeah i like covering the lighthearted stuff but also i know that with a platform and with covering a bunch of different influencers, I do have to cover some of those topics sometimes and it's important. So I hope that I answered that question uh, to your liking. Um, I hope you guys got some more insight on my channel and how I try to do things. I literally love you guys so fucking much and I just, I am blown away at the support from this podcast. This is so fun and I just love getting to chat with you guys in this type of way where it's a little bit more open and we're not sticking to just one topic and it can kind of be all over the place and you can hear me ramble and say funny things and curse and I don't know. But thank you guys so much, seriously. And um, yeah, if you guys have a question that you want featured on the podcast, you can ask me. I have a post on my community page on my Spill Sesh YouTube channel. Or you can tweet me or DM me on Twitter. I have a specific Twitter podcast account called at no bleeps pod. You can also DM me on Spill Sesh if you guys have a question or just tweet me one. But I love you guys. I love hearing from you guys and seeing your comments. And I will talk to you guys in the next podcast episode. Bye, guys. Bye.